0: And now, Dick Tracy! This is Dick Tracy on the case of the careless black widow. Stand by for action. Let's go, man!
1: Yes, it's Dick Tracy, protector of law and order. Boys and girls, did you know that when the pioneers first went into the West, they were easy prey for the Indians if the fight came up? Well, they were, and here's why. The only guns they had were single-shot muzzle-loading pistols or muskets, while the Indian had his bow and a quiver of arrows in his back. And therefore, if a company of pioneer horsemen met up with a band of mounted Indians, they were at a hopeless disadvantage. For while riding and trying to load their single-shot guns, the Indians could loose whole clouds of arrows firing as many as seven or eight arrows for every single shot returned to them. Well, then came the single invention which changed all of this and gave lasting fighting superiority to the pioneer. It was the six-shooter, the familiar pistol still in use, which held six bullets in a revolving chamber, which did not have to be reloaded until all six shots had been fired, when well, at last the frontiersmen could shoot quicker and further than the Indians, and could reload while riding at full speed, which was impossible before. And so it was that another small invention gave protection to our pioneers and made their advance into the West possible. And now, Dick Tracy. You remember that Tracy's quick thinking in giving Dora's Kors a hypodermic of anti-Blackwood spider serum undoubtedly saved her life, but unfortunately, at the moment, she is too sick to be questioned as to the identity of the person who blew the poison dart into her neck. However, yesterday, Tracy and Patton found out that the murderer must have shot two of his victims from the iron catwalk that connected with the fly loft above the stage. They also discovered that the fly loft had a fire door at one end, which led into the front part of the theater, and this was how the killer must have escaped. At the conclusion of their investigation in the theater, Dick and Pat went to Buck Silver's apartment and told him what had happened to Doris corpse. They're at Buck's apartment now.
2: Believe me, Mr. Tracy...
1: I sure am upset
0: at this attempt on Dora's coarse life. So are we all, Mr. Silver. Was this the same as the others? Yes. The girl was hit on the back of the neck by a dart poisoned with black widow spider venom. Well, the whole thing seems unbelievable. This is the third time the killer has struck.
2: Not to mention a few pot shots taking a dick and me. Three victims.
0: And you still haven't any idea who the murderer is? Well, Mr. Silver, we're dealing with a person who is both smart and ruthless. And if you'll forgive me saying so, he seems to be a good deal smarter than the police. Any criminal seems smarter than the police until he's caught. If you have any suspects, why don't you put them in prison and stop this wave of killing that's been running through the theater? Nothing would give me more satisfaction, Mr. Silver, but. Uh,
3: in this country, it's not customary to slap people in the pokey unless you have some evidence against them. Well, who do
0: you suspect? Well, at the moment, I'd prefer not to answer that question.
2: Alright. Then uh, tell me this.
0: Am, am I still on your list of suspects? Well, until a case is actually solved, Mr. Silver, I suspect practically everybody but Patton here.
3: And you know, Mr. Silver, I think sometimes
0: he even suspects me. But well, as I told you before, I'd have no motive for committing these murders. Uh, possibly the first murder, but certainly not the second. However, I think it highly improbable that you are involved in any of these crimes. Well, thanks for the feeble vote of confidence. Uh, you're welcome, Mr. Silver. Now, there's one thing, though, that I can't impress on you too strongly. I don't want anyone to know about this attempt on Doris Corus's life, but her absence should be explained to the company.
2: Well, I'll take care of that right away, Mr. Tracy. I'll phone my stage manager and give him instructions to draw it. Harry should be in by now. If he's not, I may not be able to get word to the cast in time. Well, I hope he can. Uh... Well, hello, Harry. This is Buck Silver. Now, now, now Harry, Listen. I just received word that Doris Corris is going to be out of the lineup for a few days. No, no, it's it's nothing serious. The uh, doctor says she has a touch of the flu, but she'll be all right in a few days.
0: Yeah, that's all, Harry. Goodbye. Did I sound unconcerned, Mr. Tracy? Ah, you were fine. You see, Mr. Silver, as long as the murderer is in ignorance of how much or how little we know, we're in a much better spot to apprehend him. Oh, I understand, Mr. Tracy. You say that Doris Corris was on stage after the show when she is struck with a dart. Yes, that's right. And in the same place that Gibbon and take was when he was murdered. And the doorman swears that with the exception of Doris, every member of that cast had left the theater before Doris screamed. Then the killer isn't one of the people in our show. Well, unfortunately, Mr. Silver, I believe the killer is someone in your show. I give up. Well, I suggest you let Pat and me worry about straightening out this mess. I'd like to, Mr. Tracy. But I can't help but feel that since I'm
2: responsible for this show, I'm in a way responsible for the tragedies that have taken place. And the longer I keep the show open, the more danger that I'm making for the people in the company. I'm going to close it. But, Mr. Silver, that's just what the murderer wants. But if I keep it open, I may be needlessly risking people's lives. Now, look, but. Now, who's that?
4: Good morning, Buck.
2: Good morning. Won't you come in? This is a surprise. Now, this is my uh, ex-fiancée, Miss Vocal Cord.
0: Ah, yes, Miss Cord and I are old friends.
4: Buck, I came over to talk to you about that stupid meeting that the company had to force you to move into another theater. I just wanted to tell you that I don't think you ought to move just because Time Step got all those crazy people steamed up.
2: Well, you needn't worry. I'm not going to move the show.
4: Good for you, Buck.
2: Nope, I'm not going to move the show. I'm going to close it. Oh.
4: Oh, no, Buck.
2: Oh, yes, Buck.
4: But every cent you own is tied up in the show, and it's a big hit.
2: What do you care about my money?
0: You're the one who broke our engagement.
4: Stop talking like that, Buck.
0: Uh, Mr. Silver, there's no legal way that I can prevent you from closing this show. But if you do, I'll be a great deal more than just annoyed. I'm from Texas, Mr. Tracy. And down there, we have a habit of doing what we feel like doing. I'm closing the show so that no more accidents take place. I'm holding my temper with a great deal of difficulty, Mr. Silver, but I make one last plea. Keep the show open so that we can bring this criminal to justice.
4: You'll be putting a lot of people out of work, and that isn't fair. Jobs in hit shows are hard to find.
0: If you'll just keep the show open, Mr. Patton and I will guarantee that there'll be no more accidents.
4: Oh, please don't close it, Buck. Please. Please.
0: All right. I, I guess I was just being kind of stubborn. I'll keep the show open. If you think it's the right move. Certainly do, and good for you, Mrs. Over. All right, Patrick, come on. We've got a lot of work to do.
4: Okey-doke. Hey, goodbye, folks. Goodbye, Bye. Mr. Tracy. Well,
2: I still don't understand why, after busting our engagement, you keep worrying so much about what's going to happen to me.
4: Well, oh, can't you see, Buck? I'm just as fond of you as I've always been. It's just that I didn't think we'd be happy together. The theater's in my blood, and... Even after i married, I'd want to keep up my career. And all you want is to settle down on your ranch. I just know we couldn't make a go of it. That's why I wouldn't give you your pearls back for a couple of days. I wanted to make you mad at me so that you could forget me more easily. But I did bring the pearls to the theater opening night of the show, Buck, to give to you. And then they were stolen, and all those awful things began to happen.
2: Oh, I know you had nothing to do with the pearls being stolen, Vocal. But, but look, if... If going on with your career is the only thing that you're worried about, well, stop worrying. I'm not going back to my ranch. I like show business. What's wrong with us both having a career in the theater?
4: There's nothing wrong with it, Buck.
2: Then uh, then what do you say we, uh, we get uh, re-engaged?
4: Oh, let's, Buck. Let's.
2: Well, this sure has been quite a morning.
4: Yes, it has. I think it's the nicest morning I've ever known.
3: Well, for the life of me, Dick, I can't see why I always have to drive the car. Well,
0: because you do it so very well, Mr. Patton.
3: Ah, <laughs> oh, Boy, that Buck Silver is certainly a hard guy to convince. Yeah, he sure is, Pat. Mm. It was a lucky coincidence for us that Vocal Cord came in to talk to him, and she did. Without that feminine touch, I don't think Buck would have consented to keep the show open. And if he'd closed it, we would have been in a fix. Well, that's right, Pat, but,
0: uh. Why'd you call Vocal Chord's arrival a lucky coincidence? Well, wasn't it? <laughs> Not at all. I called her up earlier this morning and told her to come over to Buck Silver's apartment. He wanted to talk to her about moving the show. I was afraid that when we told Buck about the attempt on Doris chorus's life, he might get stubborn on us, close the show, and go chasing off to Texas. But with Vocal in there pulling over our side, huh? No. We've turned the trick. My, my, Uncle Richard. Aren't you the sly little rascal, though? Well, it's been pretty apparent that Buck and Vocal are really crazy about each other. All they needed was some third person to break the ice and get them together again. And I would be surprised if they were getting themselves kind of re-engaged
3: right now. Hmm.
0: You're not only an old conniver, but you're cupid, too.
3: <laughs> you get it? <laughs> uh, we're digging today. <laughs> Sometimes, Dick, I don't know how you do it. Uh,
0: just call me the little matchmaker, Patrick, and let it go at I think that's the theater up ahead, then. Better slow down.
3: I hear, old master, and obey. Mm. Uh, yeah, come on, Patton. Let's get out. Right. Let me take your hand. <laughs> well, what are we going to do now? Climb fire escapes? That's exactly right. You know, there are plenty of easy ways to get into this theater. Why do we have to climb up the fire escape? Because I hope to find a piece of wood. A piece of wood. Oh. Well, that, of course, explains everything. Come on, let's go. Oh, this is the most exhausting case we've ever been on. Exhausting? What do you mean? Well, it seems to me we've done nothing but climb up and down ladders or prowl around on the roofs of very tall buildings. Uh, Maybe you'd rather be back on that submarine, huh? Thanks a lot. I'll stick with the ladders.
0: Well, let me see. I think this must be the exit door up in the theater balcony, Pat. Oh, yeah. And
3: this is where the murderer got out after he tried to kill Doris Doris? This is
0: where he got in and out, Patrick. The doorman told us that before Doris was attacked, all members of the company had left the theater. Now, therefore, the murderer must have doubled back through here to commit his crime. Yeah, but these exit doors are open from the inside, but always locked from the outside. How did he get in? Well, that's what we've got to find out, Pat. Let me see. The murderer probably popped the door open from the inside before he left the theater. But we were on the stage when he tried to kill Doris. Which forced him to make a quick getaway, and he didn't have time to cover his traces. Yeah. And I guess he didn't. Hey, wait a minute. What's that funny-looking thing? Patrick, that's it. That's what he must have used to prop the door open with.
3: Hey, wait a minute. Be careful picking it up, Dick. It might have fingerprints on it. I'm wrapping it in my handkerchief. It's a funny-looking thing. What is it?
0: It's an aluminum tap, Pat. Dancers use them on their shoes.
1: In a moment, we'll return to Dick Tracy. But first... Oh, Tracy fans, did you ever watch a baby when it gets new toys? Seems as though it'll start to play with them, but in most cases, by the end of the day, you'll find the baby back with its old favorites. The new toys all but forgotten. Well, in time, the new toys become favorites, though. The same way with music. Symphonic orchestras play the old masters, Beethoven, Mozart, Brahms, and only occasionally the music of the present-day composers. Now, Dr. Serge Krusevitsky, the conductor of the Boston Symphony Orchestra, realizes that this isn't very fair to modern composers. After all, why should great artists wait until they're old or in their graves before they're recognized? And so the Boston Symphony Orchestra makes it a practice to play the finest modern music as well as the older classics. So, boys and girls, if you want to hear the best of fine music by both new and old composers, listen to the Boston Symphony Orchestra, called by experts the finest orchestra in the world. The Boston Symphony is on the air tonight over most of these ABC stations. Now back to the tracing.
3: Well,
0: Dick, how many people are there in that show that would use these aluminum taps? Well, the tap is large enough so that it could only fit on a man's shoe, Pat. And there are eight men dancers in the ensemble.
1: And there's also a little bundle of joy called Time Step. Well, it looks as if Tracy and Patton are getting close. This may be the vital clue that they need. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for The Adventures of Dick Tracy. This is George Gunn speaking. Here's some good news for you boys and girls who like exciting adventure stories. We have a brand new adventure show, Sky King, a daring two-fisted series about the thrilling exploits of Skylar King, an ex-Naval Air Forces officer who has just returned to his ranch home after four years of service in the Pacific. Yes, but wherever there's injustice in the world, you'll find Sky King, a man whose bravery and virtue make him all that's fine in an American. Remember, for suspense and thrills, for hair-raising adventure... Join Sky King when he's heard weekdays, Mondays through Fridays, over most of these ABC stations. This is ABC,
2: the American broadcasting company.